0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick about the science. My name's Kenan Smith.
1: My name is Sean Crosson.
0: I'm Michael Pace. Brow, 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 brow. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan Fraser, for the first time since Encino Man, is going to be on the big screen for Doom Patrol. That's right, we're on patrol this week. How's everybody feeling about the new Doom Patrol series coming out on, I think, Netflix? I, I thought that Brendan Fraser was dead. Is he oh. not dead? He's not. No.
2: <laughs> oh wait, no, that's his character in Scrubs who dies. Okay. Okay. Oh,
0: yeah, All right. He okay, I'm so
1: psyched because you know me—I'm a real Frage head, and I just don't miss anything with Brendan Fraser in it. So.
0: Oh man, I know, I know. I've seen the Brendan Fraser posters in your room.
2: Is um are 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 the are the Frege heads like a gang that you are a part of, Sean?
0: No, you can think of them as like believers, but for yeah, Brendan Fraser, exactly.
2: Oh, so much more tame than a than a gang. I feel like The Rock would have a group like that.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, you he can read to. my fan fiction called Journey to the Center of My Heart, and it's all about <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I love friends.
2: That was a terrible movie. A really yeah. bad movie.
0: No, it was. It was. But he was in, like, seven mummy movies. Uh, and, again, I did mention Encino Man, which is one of the better movies ever made.
1: Um. Sure. So I gotta be honest, Kenan. As much as I love Brendan Fraser, I must have missed the news bulletin that came out about him being in some Netflix show that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that's right. He's gonna be playing uh, uh, the the superhero. Um, he goes by Automaton sometimes, but he plays Clifford Cliff Steele, uh, who becomes uh, the cyborg superhero known as Robot
1: Man. Is he part of the Justice League? Uh,
0: no, he is not, uh, Sean. He is part of the Doom Patrol. The Doom
2: Patrol is just like the the Justice League's edgier cousin, who actually gets shit done.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I don't know, but maybe I don't know. The Doom Patrol kind of seems like like the Teen Titans, but they didn't go through the Dare program. I hope this is someone's
1: first episode. Just, by the way,
2: the Dare program doesn't work, and I don't think that would have helped them, Kenny. Yeah, sure does does it sure doesn't. We're
1: living proof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, please. Yeah, don't do drugs, seriously. School. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we're all very excited for for Brendan Fraser's uh, return to the return to the silver screen. Can't wait! I'm um, gonna have to
1: update my fan fiction, but I'm. So I excited.
0: do want to ask before before we move on and we actually talk about the the movie that we did watch. What is everyone's favorite Brendan Fraser movie? Um, Man, that's
1: a toughie. They're all so good. Um,
2: <laughs> they're all they are all really good, and I feel like he plays just a very different character in every movie that he does. I'm gonna go with
1: George of the Jungle. Oh, that's bold. Yeah, you know, because he, he gets hit. Do you mean Tarzan? He runs into a lot of trees, and it's uh, quite mm-hmm. humorous.
0: And he's continuously told to watch out for them, and boy, does he not listen.
1: He's also in a loincloth the whole time, which is just Hachi great. Hachi-machi. Hachi, machi
0: Oh, boy. Those ripped Fraser abs. All right, what about you, Pace?
2: I'm going to be, like, really honest with you. Okay. I think the only Brennan Fraser movie that I have seen is probably journey to the Center of the Earth, and maybe a Mummy film?
0: Yeah, I do not believe that you have not seen The Mummy. Did you
1: not see George of the Jungle?
2: Oh, yeah, maybe I was 10 years old when I saw that. I um, also don't believe that you haven't seen Crash. I haven't seen Crash.
1: How? I haven't seen Crash either. No, I mean, I have, because I'm, like, a number one Brendan fraser Fraser. Yeah, 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 but yeah like yeah, yeah i've only seen it 10 times as opposed to 50 times for the other movies.
2: my favorite uh Brendan Fraser film is uh scrub season four episode seven um <laughs> were you just looking
1: he... up the fucking <laughs> episode
2: number no i actually just made up an episode in season <laughs> okay. number for that you could uh, have just
0: said yes and run with it
2: <laughs> yeah um hey it's my favorite he plays he plays dr cox's brother and he's kind of mm-hmm. serves the purpose of like hey like death is a cool thing it's like fine Right. It's a natural process and you can just be don't worry about it. That is and true. So then he doesn't worry about it and so then he dies. What is his <laughs> name?
0: And what has Dr.
1: Cox's brother's name? Brendan. Uh, <laughs>
2: um, wow, that's a really good
0: question. Yeah, that's a Ken. pretty
1: deep cut question. I, I'm a pretty big phrasehead head, Kenan. I don't even know that one.
0: I don't even know that either. Yeah, I was going to try and come up with a funny joke in between but I couldn't think of anything. I think my favorite Brendan Fraser movie is probably Airheads because it was on FX all the time. Um, and Adam Sandler uh, Ben
2: Sullivan he plays Ben Sullivan oh in Scrubs
0: his last name's not Cox
2: well no it doesn't play oh shit it's sorry brother, brother in law, law. brother in <laughs> law apologies <laughs>
1: Jesus. Okay, guys, guys, Kenan, I'm so glad you love Airheads. Why don't we Why do we talk about the movie that we covered this week?
0: Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, the movie we watched this week was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it was extremely good, which we'll tell you about. Tell you about in a little bit. Um, it
2: was extremely good.
0: Um, it was. And we a movie. are. Ugh, Sean, we're definitely going to talk about the science of this movie, but first, uh, we have a tradition on this podcast, and that's when. Uh, esteemed Doctor Michael Christopher Pace uh, tells us about all of the um, uh, the caveats to the listening experience that you're about to enjoy. Pace. Caveats, mm-hmm. yeah, the exceptions to the rule. Uh, More you've... like
2: privileges that these people have to hear Damn. our voices.
0: Damn, you're right. Wow,
2: that's right. The the um, disclaimers that we have for for our podcast is that we are three. Very, very naughty doctors. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so, who, have, who don't wear white coats, we wear black coats because mm-hmm. we.
0: I'm actually are... just wearing a white coat. That's how naughty I am. <laughs>
1: it's very naughty. <laughs> I'm just wearing two pairs of nitrile gloves. <laughs> Wait, one pair. Hold on. <laughs> and yeah,
0: tube socks. You, That's you can't disgusting. Wear... <laughs> Socks and gloves. the tube socks and gloves mm-hmm. and Converse. Okay, it's a Sean's mating The whole point of why we wear
2: that is so that when people hear us curse, mm-hmm. they're less surprised because we don't have pants on either. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of to lessen, you know, lessen the blow a little bit. We are going to talk about some science and some some cells and some DNA and some space and then we're going to talk about it in too much detail and then you will listen to me- us make jokes about it too and you'll laugh and have a great time with us on this journey mm-hmm. of real science
0: with your three best friends your three three best friend doctors that you know yep that's us
1: <laughs> all right i'll put we're my pants on so we can record
0: okay I'm well, gonna, you don't have to i'm gonna take my shoes off
1: well i think it's probably gonna be more comfortable for all of us. space out yeah, yeah.
0: Do you hear uh, Kenan making those grunting noises over there? Uh, Sean, can you? Oh, we're going to. Uh, sorry, hold on. Uh, we're going to do uh, a quick thing where we cover the movie um, and, and talk about the plot for about five minutes. Sean, do you think you would tell the audience how we do that?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, while Kenan keeps uh, putting his clothes on, um, I'm going to explain to you how we do this. So what we do is we each roll a 20-sided die, except for the person who uh, did the plot last time. They're exempt. And whoever gets the lowest roll has to do the plot of the movie, unless of That's course right. you get a one, in which case you don't have to do. No, you do have to. Fuck! God damn it! Unless <laughs> if you unless, get a of one, course, you have to do it. Unless of course you get a twenty, in which case you don't have to do it.
0: That's correct.
2: And I did it last time, so you guys are rolling
0: off. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready, Kenan? Yeah, I am. I I got to tell you, I had to, I played uh eight hours of D yesterday um so i am fucking like actually it might have been 10 i i am rolling hot so you better so, buckle up
1: so you've been like practicing your rolls just for this
0: i absolutely have been practicing my rolls. you've been at so. the plot
1: summary gym for the last 10 hours just getting ready
0: a hundred i've just been flexing my thumb and forefinger those are my rolling fangies
1: have we stalled uh, enough so that you get your dice <laughs>
0: yep i got <laughs> okay, it right perfect. now perfect <laughs> cool all right don't cheat this time
1: Wow, what'd you get? What did you get? I can't tell you because you lie. So I need you to tell <laughs> I me first. <laughs> I got a thirteen.
0: Ugh. I th- I'm starting to think you cheat. I no, don't hundred percent. That means wh- I have to do it. No, the lower roll has to go, right? No, the higher
2: roll has higher to, roll go. Has to uh, go.
0: Do we not know this system yet, boys?
1: God, no. Did we, did we wait? No. Did I explain it? Wrong?
0: Fuck! I don't remember. <laughs>
2: No, no. Later. You explained it right. The highest person with the highest role has to go unless it's a twenty.
0: Yeah, don't worry. I'll cut this whole bit out. Go ahead, show the plot. Okay, good. And I'm gonna time you because this no, has gotta be fast.
1: That's good because uh, I don't remember most of the movie. So <laughs> good. <laughs> I watched it last week. It's not. This is atypical for us.
0: We'll supplement your explanation. We absolutely could have watched it, uh, recorded last week, but you guys didn't want to do that. So. Anyway, time Yeah, you're right. Now.
1: Totally our fault. Can't believe we fucking boned this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into the plot of the movie. Okay. So the movie's called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's right. We, and basically, to summarize, um there is a catastrophic event that is about to happen to the planet Earth that all of the Earthlings are unaware of. And this event is that the Earth is going to be destroyed. By a bunch of bureaucratic aliens who Mm -hmm. are making way for a interspace freeway. And because the people on Earth are not aware of the existence of aliens and stuff like that, they obviously are totally ignorant to this plot. Um, So the movie opens up with dolphins uh, singing and trying to warn the humans, but they just can't warn them, so the dolphins just leave. So we basically focus on our main character, played by Martin Freeman, whose name is Arthur. And he's just an Earthling who lives in England and he meets De Deschanel out at a party and he falls in love with her, but she blows him off for Sam Rockwell, who is like a hotshot, you know, rock star kind of guy who turns out to be president of the galaxy or mm. universe. I don't remember. Could you
2: imagine? being the president of the galaxy, the weight that that position must have.
1: Yeah, you'd, you'd think, but apparently not. You <laughs> just
0: have to be Sam Rockwell.
1: Right. So <laughs> lucky for Arthur, even though he's just a normal Earthling and doesn't know about any aliens, his best friend Ford um, is actually an alien from some planet near Betelgeuse, And he knows that the Earth is going to be destroyed. So he basically takes it upon himself to save Arthur right at the last second before the Earth is completely demolished by these grumpy-ass aliens whose names I forgot. What are they called?
0: The Vogons.
1: The Vogons, okay. Before their planet's destroyed by the Vogons. Essentially, once they get off the planet, it's just sort of a montage of wild space shit going on. (laughs) Like I don't even know how to describe it. It's a lot of nonsense. (laughs) Um, But basically they end up escaping the Vogons and they end up going on a spaceship with president of the universe, Zaphoid Beeblebrox mm-hmm. and Trillian, who is, uh, Zoe Deschanel. She ended up going with them too. And it's really the four of them and they're manically depressed robot, uh, named Marvin voiced by Alan Rickman. And <laughs> they go on a adventure to try and discover the ultimate question to which the ultimate answer is 42. Oh,
2: you you ruined it. Well, yeah, I, what, you I, fucked up. Oh, jeez, okay. where was the deli- the delivery? Oh,
1: well, it's okay. They don't have the ultimate question yet, so...
2: Oh, okay, All That's right, good. true. But yeah,
1: the answer is nothing without the question.
2: That's true. That's a good point. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so really, I guess part of the plot is that uh, Zafoid Beeblebrox is being pursued by, like, the government, the space government, for kidnapping himself... And they are essentially trying to outrun the, uh, grumpy aliens. I forgot their name again.
0: The, Bogons. the Bogons.
1: Bogons. Sorry, sorry. You
0: also have, you fucking said our president's name wrong.
1: It's Zaphod. Zaphod?
0: Whatever,
1: mm-hmm. dude. His name is Zap- Zaphod. Zaphod yes. Beeblebrox? Zaphod well Beeblebrox. done. And the Bogods yeah. are chasing them. God rested. So they essentially, like, travel the galaxy, and they end up, I'm skipping some of the stuff, we'll talk about it in the movie, but... They end up um, finding out that Earth was actually an engineered planet that was built by a group of, like, this company that builds custom planets. And it turns out that the mice on Earth have actually been funding the entire operation to build the planet Earth. Because Earth is a supercomputer that is supposed to develop the ultimate question to the answer 42. <laughs> I know this sounds like a bunch of nonsense, and that's because it is a bunch of nonsense, but it's also the plot of the movie. It's also very I good. I
2: don't see how this movie deviates from real life.
1: <laughs> okay, Me. sure. And so essentially the movie ends <laughs> with a showdown on planet Earth where um, Marvin, using the point of view gun, is able to make the entire race of Vogons uh, manically depressed, and they just give up their pursuit of Zaphod rocks and Arthur and Trill. And so the Earth is saved because the company built a second Earth to mm-hmm. house all of the people. And the movie essentially ends with Arthur and Zaphod and um, Trill just like flying off into the sunset and Ford. He's with them, too.
2: I, I've forgotten about the point of view gun. That was that was pretty so good. Point so of view gun, so was good. good.
1: Which was developed, the whole movie was great, say, Sean. Didn't they say it was developed by housewives to make their husbands yes. understand their point of view? Yes, yes, it was. So that's the movie. Did I did I miss anything important? No. I mean, no. I know there's a lot of other stuff that happens, but it's more. You know, this is the broad stroke. I
2: mean, the whole idea is that. They encounter at the beginning the Hitchhiker's Guide to the the Galaxy, which is an electronic book that gives kind of this sage advice throughout the film, right? Yes. Yes. And helps you survive in the galaxy.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, it's like a sci-fi comedy spoof. So.
2: Yes, very English in its humor style.
0: It's very good. And it's based on a book by Douglas Adams.
1: Yes. Right. Which is also called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
2: Yes. It's so good. now that we know what this movie is all about, yeah, sure. Here's here's the, <laughs> here's the question. The question is, how could we perform our craft and extract some insightful science from this movie? 42. What can we talk about? What, what's that?
1: That that I don't know. Just gonna if, keep if, saying if, it, huh? What well, you uh, said that was the the question. I thought. Oh, is that? I thought that was the question. I was just answering. <laughs> Oof.
2: <laughs> that was a stretch one, Sean. Oh, that was sorry. a stretch, Sean. Listen, boy. I
1: just had to do the whole plot of this fucking Buck Wild movie.
2: <laughs> I know. It's it's just don't
1: you guys talk
0: this sort of
2: out of material, huh? I, I know what we can talk about first. Because one of the first things that comes up in the movie, yes. once they have escaped the earth that is being destroyed, is they, uh, Martin Freeman's character encounters foreign languages that he cannot understand. Yes. Right? The Vogon's language. And so then his his companion, uh, I forgot both the character and actor's name,
0: played by most deaf.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Um, (coughs) He gives Martin Freeman a babblefish. Mm -hmm. And a babblefish is a small, yellow, leech like um, appendage that you put inside your ear appendage. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if you're um, using
1: appendage correctly there yeah, but I sure. don't think you are either You <laughs> used
0: it wrong twice Look at
2: these so. words that I'm using <laughs>
1: It's an organism, um, perhaps
2: <laughs> It's an organism that goes inside your ear A worm-like organism Allows you to be able to understand any language that is spoken to you Which is miraculous, I wish it existed
0: What is the explanation that they give for this? For this this magical thing that it does? The, the information that they give the, Hitch- the Hitchhiker's
2: Guide to the Galaxy states that The battlefish feeds on brainwave energy Absorbing unconscious frequencies and excreting a matrix of conscious frequencies to the speech centers of the brain. If you stick it in one in your ear, you instantly understand what is said to you in any language, um, so pace. which is cool wow. as hell. Yes.
1: As our resident linguologist, um,
0: <laughs> featured prominently in the movie Arrival.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why doesn't this exist yet?
2: Well, the reason that it doesn't exist... Well, okay. For, the, the reason it doesn't exist... There are, like, some translators that mm-hmm. th- that do exist. But uh, as far as I know, they actually they don't work for every given language. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to point out the problems with the explanation of the fish. The Babelfish supposedly feeds on brainwave energy. What the fuck is a brainwave? A brainwave can be... Viewed as the summation or kind of like totality of the firing of a bunch of brain cells uh, oh. at one time. Uh, or, or uh, the, it could also be considered the, uh, it, take, it takes into account the rate at which they fire as well as when they fire. Um, and then how these kind of like signals combine together produces different styles of brain waves that can be distinguished from one another that can be then associated with different types of patterns of thought.
0: Okay, so this is a kind of this like uh like macroscopic oscillations of of neurons all sort of like firing doing their thing. At the, yeah, like a like doing rhythmic patterns. This is the kind of thing yes. you can pick up with like uh an EEG. Correct. Right?
2: yeah and they'll there are there are machines that, that read these these oscillations um and that is and then you can kind of use this uh during like a behavioral task or something um you can see how maybe if someone is i don't know if someone's you know reading a book versus um mm-hmm. you know uh giving a speech you know what 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 are the differences in the brainwave patterns and you, what in that would, would then reflect uh Different activities in different parts of the brain,
0: and I know uh, you can like use an EEG to do things like diagnose sleep disorders or or diagnose uh, epilepsy yes. because you have like ir- like abnormal patterns in your brainwaves uh, right. at this macroscopic scale. Hey, Pace. Yes,
1: I have a question for you. Please, Sean. What's brainwave energy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. What's Pace? What's BWE? <laughs> they're making up. They're using really
2: fun words in this explanation. I mean, I don't know if brainwave energy is the you can just say brain waves. You don't have to have the brainwave it's energy. It's just like I don't a little extra
1: flair on there. It's a yeah. little extra
2: fun buzzword.
1: Big wave, like energy. esquire, just kind of putting it on there. Like
2: es, <laughs> like right. esquire, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like doctor, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything when you say it.
1: <laughs> or like attorney um, at law, you know, something like that. Just right, it the end. Right, right. Like I do that all the time.
0: But the, the
2: problem here is that it doesn't make much sense for the fish to be feeding on brainwave energy because. you know, you'd you'd only be feeding upon signal from your own brain if you have a fish inside of it. You need Mm. the the fish to feed on, to be able to distinguish different, like, sound patterns, right? Right. And to be able to translate those into, somehow, uh, sound patterns that can be understood by the person who has the fish in their ear.
0: Right, so you would need, like, the fish in some sort of imaginary space in your brain where you're processing what you're hearing, and then it would have to be able to shit brainwaves uh, in the correct sequence that you would then interpret as language, yes. your native language. That's correct. So the fish would have to know every known language and how to poop it. Right. It would have to be able to poop, <laughs> which is my favorite of... Harry Potter
1: movie. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if can it just speak into your ear like it goes in your ear? Like, can it just like make sounds? Does it have to poop I, on you? Hello.
2: The, yeah. Like the that. way that it, the <laughs> way they make it seem in the movie, the is that movie, he, puts he puts the, puts the fish, fish in his, his ear. ear.
1: Wow, this translation is fucking and great. And
2: <laughs> once this happens, he's able to hear their voices speak in the in his own native language. So mm-hmm. it actually it, it produces new sound. The fish produces new sound that you hear. Um, somehow it's Be great magic if
1: everything you heard is was in that voice like you could understand all the languages but that's just how the fish <laughs> sounded so it was like <laughs> just uh
2: yes um yes hello uh my my name is Babel fish, uh, uh, fish junior junior
1: i add the extra esquire. words on
2: for for needless emphasis
1: <laughs> Babblefish esquire attorney at law
0: <laughs> what's the next science thing that we get out of this movie
1: You tell me. I think you have a good one ready to go. I
0: I do have one ready to go. So uh, basically after the Vogons figure out where they are, uh, they threaten to either jettison them into the vacuum of space or read poetry to them and then get uh, opinions or feedback. And uh, the poetry affects the Ford Prefect sonically differently than uh, it does – Arthur and he's just like I'm confused but it seems okay and then there's this like very funny moment where the person reading it is like oh you mean I write poetry because deep inside I want to be loved fuck it bye and then they <laughs> kick him out of the the spaceship and then uh we get a uh, voiceover from Stephen Fry that says uh you can last in space for approximately 30 seconds with a uh, full lungs with, with lungs with a lot of air in them. That's
2: all you need to live, right? Is right. Air. That's
0: that's all you need. So, based on what we know about space, uh, what do we think of a big old lung full of air right before you're jettisoned into jettisoned into vacuum?
1: Well, Kenan, as the spaceologist on the show, let me step in here. <laughs> the I'm, lungologist. Uh, as the lung as the aerologist, let me uh, <laughs> <laughs> take the stage. I'm pretty sure that they call
2: it doctor oxygen.
1: Total BS, because when you're in space, it, space is a vacuum, and what that means is that there is zero air pressure or just molecules around you in general, like pushing on you. There's no pressure; it's a vacuum. So if you have, it's very
2: easy to relax out there. If you
1: have a gas-filled <laughs> like compartment in your body, it's going to escape your body. <laughs> like yes, you're going to exhale or you're going to rupture your lung or all these bad things are going to happen to you. Not to mention that, you know, your eyeballs might pop out of your head from the pressure behind your eyes. um, Mm -hmm. And also all of the liquid inside your body would just probably start turning into a gas because there's no pressure holding it in the liquid phase. So yep. That is exactly all right. your
2: juices. You'd have a bunch of boiling juices inside of you.
0: Any any liquid that you have in the soft tissues of your body would uh, immediately vaporize. Uh, you wouldn't explode because your skin actually does a pretty decent job of keeping all that in. Um, your eyes, like you said, also would not blow up, but they would swell. And the the other major thing is that all of the uh, dissolved gas in your blood would start forming bubbles. Um, so you would immediately lose all the oxygen in your blood. You would pass out after fifteen seconds, and you would have the super bends. (laughs) You would have the super bends, and after about a minute, uh, you'd be dead. Wow! Wow. Yep. So,
2: Grandma, what big eyes you have! Right,
0: exactly. You could actually (laughs) only because I'm
1: in space, dear.
0: You could survive for a whole minute, but uh, (laughs) you don't want to take a deep breath right before you go.
1: You just want to I mean, yeah. not take a breath and still die, like <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like it depends on how you want to go, right? If you wanna, if you wanna just pass out, or do you want your lungs to explode? Take your pick. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I think you want my
0: lungs to explode. Passing yeah, out yeah.
1: sounds very innocuous, but like I want to focus on the like gases in your body coming out of solution <laughs> part because that it seems like a pretty irreversible fucking thing to do. Yeah, not like it's you'd... actually irreversible, but like irreversible from the point of view living again. Like,
0: you would fizz as a person for yeah. about fifteen seconds.
1: Just going back into a pressurized area does not does not fucking cure all that damage instantly. No, it doesn't. So
0: so. Uh, the next thing that happens is like actually right after this. And I do want to talk about the, um, uh, the spaceship in this movie, in this movie, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it is really improbable that they even got picked up, you know? Yeah. It is
0: very un unlikely. Did it do it?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, you was did. Okay. So,
0: okay. Good. Yeah, it was good. So, there's a spaceship named the heart of gold that shows, uh, I don't feel like you guys really like that joke.
1: No, no, oh, did you no, make no, a it was, joke? It was uh, really good.
0: Okay. Oh, well, so the spaceship shows up called the Heart of Gold, and it is piloted by uh, the new girl and Sam Rockwell, um, and it uses this specialized piece of equipment known as the improbability drive.
1: Oh! <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you guys get it now? How, so, but, like, how how likely do you think
2: it is that they'll use it?
0: They use it a lot in the movie Pace. You watched it.
2: But do you think it's, like, I mean, it's it's probably a high likelihood, yes, a high probability in, they would use it.
0: Yes, it was in the script. They used it like three times oh
2: okay all right so okay three or four times yeah yeah sure sure
0: so Mm -hmm. the way that this works is that it uh uses probability to arrive at random locations throughout the universe so the idea is they hit this little button and uh it is be it is able to take you literally anywhere at once and then picks one of those places and that's where you end up sean your thoughts
1: interesting (laughs)
2: But the question is... It seems the, the rather
1: improbable, is, Kenan.
2: <laughs> all right. The question is, how is it going to get you there? Mm. What path is it going to take? Forty-two. Right? Because it has an infinite number of paths.
0: Yeah, that is true. So, so it's supposed to play around with an idea in quantum physics. And I promise we're not going to talk about quantum physics a lot on the show because, frankly, none of us are qualified at all. Um, but from the <laughs> hey, small Kenan. amount that we...
1: Speak for yourself. I got a B in physical <laughs> chemistry too. Well, I—that's true. I also
0: got a B in physical chemistry,
1: <laughs> and it was all I could do just to get the B.
0: So I'm sure that you guys, uh, at least some of our listeners, have heard of something called the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, and it's this idea that actually uh, refers to electrons. And in quantum physics, uh, a lot of particles are thought of this way. And it's this idea that a particle may not actually exist where one of us, w- where we would expect it to be. So. Uh, this idea that you cannot determine where a particle is until you measure it, so you, uh, measure it, so you have to assume that it's basically everywhere at once. But uh, in quantum physics, there's this thing called the probability distribution function. It basically says where the particle is most likely to be, but this prediction is able to spread out with further and further distances, basically at infinitum. So the particle could be
1: anywhere. Right. It's just like extremely unlikely that it will be in some locations, or maybe extremely improbable that it will be in certain locations. There you go. And that's what the ship uses in order to just essentially teleport them somewhere else in the galaxy of the universe. This
2: this seems like it might be based upon something that I've heard of called a mathematics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of math involved yeah, in this. That's
2: true. Yeah. Um which we're all experts on.
0: The problem is is that the entire ship would have to behave like this. So Every single atom in the spaceship and every single atom on the things on it would need Including, to be Including, yeah,
2: the organisms that are on the ship. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: Including at the Alan Merkman robot would all have to behave exactly <laughs> the same all at once. Did you say Alan Merkman? No, I did. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate it. Stop. <laughs> That's a no-go on the, on the infinite improbability drive. But it's a very cool idea. I like
2: it. What if we all had our own infinite improbability drives? Like, just up in us just mm-hmm. like ready to go on a moment's notice and then no one would ever be bored everyone would always have the the world at their fingertips well right? based
0: considering how much of the universe is just the vacuum of space well, we'd probably we probably don't be dead. know until we until we find out we would just bloop into the vacuum of space and then we'd have to go through all the science again that we talked about a second ago we don't have time to, to do that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that was very improbably informative, Kenan. Right. I, like, <laughs> cool. like,
0: I don't know how many times we can make this joke.
1: I don't think it's even very good. I just like it's I just like using the word "improbable." I just, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, is there any more science in this movie? You wanted to go <laughs> over?
2: <laughs> I think we have to put science, uh, the word "science" in quotes from this point on mm-hmm. in the film. I I will say that uh, I would love to play. A sort of kind of like Sim City variant of Planet Architect. Uh, Planet Architect would be a very very good uh, video game and would probably sell like crazy because people love that top down shit, right?
1: Yeah,
2: that I seems would, like an un- seems like an untapped market that. to me
0: for sure. The Sims
1: and Earth.
2: Bill Nye has to narrate the entire thing.
1: Yeah. You get to play as Bill Nye designing <laughs> planets. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah. Uh, And then every five minutes, he breaks out into uh, into his parody song uh, from the movie Love Actually. Um, (laughs) And then the movie, and then the video game ends, and that's it.
0: Did not know that he was in Love Actually. Oh, he's he's in Love Actually. very good in Love Actually. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like I'll need to watch it. (laughs) You haven't seen it. You've
1: never seen Love Actually.
0: We can't do this right now. We can't.
1: Can't we? Valentine's (laughs) Day is in two short weeks, Kenan ish
0: that's true oh it's true i could watch it here
1: and it's also a christmas movie so you just like pick take your choice you can if you miss it on valentine's day you just hit it again on the come around you know
0: i could just watch it twice a year i mean i could just watch it twice a year you
1: mean like the rest yeah. the rest of the world <laughs> yes mm-hmm. <laughs> when i'm not watching brendan Fraser do his thing get i'm basically just watching love actually
0: <laughs> the only two things in your repertoire are bill Nye and love actually and brendan <laughs> the man brendan Fraser. yeah
2: Speaking of actual love, actually, Martin Freeman is also in love, actually.
0: He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while we're giving people credit, I really want to give Thomas Lennon credit in this movie for playing uh, Eddie the Computer. Uh, you may remember him from such hits as uh, Lieutenant Dangle in Reno 911.
1: Oh, my I God. I knew I recognized his voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: He's obviously in a lot of other shit. But, yeah, but that's like uh, what, that I, what I pictured him
1: in. He's right. wild. <laughs> yeah oh God. man uh also alan rickman's in love actually <laughs> yes wow. he is so it's real yes r- he is real bang up cast
0: they're just the same movie is what you're saying
1: yeah we actually just watched love actually in her critique <laughs> the science the hitchhiker's guide to love the hitchhiker's guide to love actually
2: there is a quote in the uh hitchhiker's galaxy i think one of the robots say it. it's that um that love is far too complicated to define I thought that was very nice.
0: That's true. You took 15 minutes to do it. a couple episodes ago.
2: I sure did. We still
0: didn't land on a conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Sure didn't. Cool. What else do we have? I'm out of funny things to say about this movie.
1: I think the movie is more... I I don't think I have any more science for the movie, honestly.
0: Well, let's rate it. We can talk about how much we liked it after this.
2: That sounds perfect. We also have some good listener questions to go through as well. (sighs) I think it's time to rate this movie Thank okay. you very much. Okay.
1: Kendall, I'm to change it up you go yes. first fuck <laughs> Yeah. never have to do that huh
0: I'm going to give this movie the science in it specifically hmm this is tough because there's a lot of science in this movie Mm -hmm. um it's just that none of it's real did people see the air
1: quotes you were doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) no this is an audio medium interesting if air quotes were to make a sound though they would sound like this i think the science in this movie is probably a one uh, out of five honestly i want to like i like this movie we'll get out in a second so i want to give it more like of my love um but i don't think i can make excuses for this movie's bad bad science it got one thing sort of right, but I think the whole point is that, like, this is a perfect example of a, a movie that is a science fiction movie in all of its heart. Because it's just science bullshit for fun. I agree. It is. Uh, I'm going to give this movie <laughs> that's a okay. 5 out of 5 for entertainment. Hey. Because it is extremely good. I see Sean making a fucking face over there because he doesn't have a soul. So let's do... Well, no, I don't want to end on a sour note. Let's do Sean next.
1: Uh, Okay. I'm gonna give also one out of five, or actually, sorry, one out of ten for the science because I'm doing a scale of ten in 2019. Yeah, trash bag. You're 2019
2: year of the ten point scale. But
1: like, it's intentionally supposed to be a spoof on like science fiction, so I I kind Mm -hmm. of get it. It Um, is. As far as the entertainment rating, I'm gonna give this movie. It's probably a five out of ten because I thought it was okay, but there was definitely a point in the movie where I was like. This is over yet? Kind of don't really give a shit about all this wild nonsense. Wow. But, I mean,
2: that's how I felt about Mimic.
1: I actually enjoyed Mimic. Like, I was more gripped with Mimic than I was with this movie. Not going to lie. I think I've also seen this before.
0: You just like bugs more than fun. I mean, I get it.
1: I mean, I'm sure oh. the book is really good. I just feel like this was, it was too chaotic to actually get some of the entertainment out of it. I don't know. That's mm. what I thought. Some people give it a five
0: out of ten. Cranky old man.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, like, a crank, a crank man. Kenneth, so, you've been known to like bad to movies before, so
2: name one, please.
1: The room.
2: Big Trouble in Little China. I don't. Big like
1: Big Trouble in Little China is a great movie. Yeah, you don't want to hear? It.
2: But you like it because it's bad. It's no, not bad.
0: What I'm saying. I like it it's because fucking it's fucking amazing.
2: <laughs> okay, all right, we can't do this right now. No, we can't. Go ahead. I liked I liked Big Trouble in Little China, but it is not a good movie. Does what? that make sense? Okay. <laughs>
1: Because you I'm shaking, guys shaking. like bad I'm movies. Pace, go.
2: Um, all right, uh, science. One out of a hundred. Um, <laughs>
1: new scale for 2019. Yeah,
2: okay. new scale. No, just for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the okay. Galaxy. One out of a hundred. One percent one science. Forty-two. This movie was one percent science or one out of forty-two, whatever that fraction is. Um, entertainment value: five out of five. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the movie, and that's because I love British humor. I also love absurdist humor, and this had a lot of it and it was good um, I will say probably the best part of the movie entertainment factor wise was Sam Rockwell's character uh, and how he was some sort of weird combination oh, so of good. space cowboy and I don't know um, he was a com- <laughs> what was his he had a second head
0: he did he did He did was, you
2: guys see his
1: second head
0: he was disco trapped inside of a body I really liked it yes he was groovy as hell. Sam okay, Rockwell sorry. is easily one of my favorite actors. Easily. Yes. Sam Rockwell um, is a good actor. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, this movie mm-hmm, had a good yeah. cast. So I just didn't like the movie that much. No, fair enough. It. You don't like fair good enough. stuff. Anyway, on a scale of well. impossible to probable, I'd give it an improbable. You know.
2: Ugh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no. Um. So I think we all know where, this, where we stand on this movie. Then this movie was very, very good. Very science bad. I agree with that. I, I agree
0: that we all like this movie. Yeah. Very really
1: mediocre. Good? Very science bad. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I'm sorry, listeners. Did you guys send us any questions this week? We'll wait. Uh,
2: we do have some questions. <laughs> Damn it, Pace. Um, yeah, they, no, they... No, no, no. They, they, so can, they came... came added
1: a log pause in there. Maybe they so they came it.
2: during <laughs> the time in which you... Uh, in between when you said that and then I answered. Oh, wow. Maybe holy um, work if
1: you like opening a mailbox, something like that, you know? Shuffle, shuffle,
2: shuffle, shuffle. shuffle yeah, creak. that's right. Like the
1: you've, you've Got Mail Instant Messenger thing pop up. Yeah. Bling.
2: That's right. Hold on, I do have to look at the questions, though. The most... So.
1: The
0: element molybdenum has the atomic number 42. and is also... The forty-second most common element in the universe. Wait, no shit. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a lie. In the Book of Revelation, it is prophesied that the beast will hold dominion over the earth for forty-two months.
2: Well, it's because it's a uh, uh, it's divisible by seven. That's cr- so that's that
0: is that's cr- why that's crazy that Jesus read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy before he wrote the Bible.
1: <laughs> There's wow. a lot of shit um, you just said there that doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
2: I can't continue with what you said, but I can say that at abnormal Mormon on Twitter, Curtis Ryan DeGraw did ask us. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Does 42 actually check out? Why and why not? We've been discussing this in terms of how important the number 42 really is. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I mean. But
2: does it check out?
1: It's the answer to the ultimate question. So I think if you're going as like, does it check out? I mean, we know that it checks out it's the answer
0: yeah i don't know how to answer your question except by reading another 42 fact um, oh. could you please do that for us queen victoria's husband prince albert died aged 42 they had 42 grandchildren and their great-grandson edward the eighth abdicted at the age of 42
1: <laughs> sorry what was that word
0: Abdicted. i don't know what it means <laughs> <Abdicted>? <laughs> is
1: that like abducting a but dick. you're stealing
0: a penis yes that's a joke I get it I get it I get it <laughs>
1: okay okay I just wow. I don't know you said it Ooh, that was a rough one wow guys. okay great thanks for the question I guess <laughs> <laughs> always
2: good to hear from our good good friend Curtis Ryan yes, thank you thank um you.
0: I know that some people have argued that it's a, a play on ASCII um and I don't think this is the case because I, I think I've seen like or read rather uh, interviews with Douglas Adams where he said he basically Just like wrote 42 for the fuck of it But the there's some Like explanation about how in Basic computer software 42 is a designation for an asterisk Asterisk in ASCII language um, And in programming yes. an asterisk Is used uh, as Sean Knows for sure uh, as Whatever
1: as a wild card
0: Which means the meaning of life is Whatever you want to be I agree 100% Ken and that was beautiful wow. Wherever you want Guys, whatever you want.
1: That's amazing.
2: Meaning a wife is like Burger King—have it your way. Just grab, grab life, grab, grab it by the, grab it by the cow tusks. Mm-hmm. Grab That's it by the, the saying,
0: right? Grab it by, grab life right in the asterisk.
1: <laughs> okay. Do we have any more questions, <laughs> space?
2: <laughs> we have a great question from a big, big old fan of the show, Anthony Martinez, and he says, "Hey guys, is there a reason some people?" are more clumsy than others. Shit. Sean. It's not something you think about a whole lot, is it?
0: I'm as graceful as uh, a cat. So Which is I why don't, you don't
2: think about
1: it. Right, I don't
0: think I'll be able to answer this question. As a well,
1: clumsy person, I would say yes, there are Sean, many reasons why some people may be clumsier than other people. <laughs> not just one reason. Okay.
0: So I think the only thing that I can really think to say about that is that like... I feel like being clumsy has a lot to do with your reaction time. So I know that, like, athletes, if they have injuries and stuff like that, tend to have slower reaction time, um, and their, like, general gracefulness or skill level tends to go down because of it. It's one of the reasons why, like, the more you get injuries, the worse you become at doing something, Uh, never mind the fact that, like, you know, it may just hurt to do it after a while. But this idea that somebody mentioned proprioception earlier and we were fucking around I don't remember if I'm cutting it or not proprioception
2: is basically one's awareness of their own body and space in the space around them Mm -hmm. um, which I am terrible at yeah pace Uh, is a
0: very clumsy person
2: I stub my toes constantly my arms hit people on the street People think he that just I'm attacking them. Punches like, people when
1: he's walking down the right. street.
2: So, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like watching really the Tasmanian
0: bad. devil walk around Walmart.
2: <laughs> yes, my limbs are longer than I think they are. Basically, um, that that's neurologically based, but I, it's also you could say that like uh, the 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 like your your inner ear actually plays a big role in uh, balance mm-hmm. as well and in coordination. And actually, whenever you get drunk, uh, it, it affects an area of your brain known as the cerebellum. Uh, which is uh, the area of your brain that's responsible for fine coordination and motor movement. Uh, So it impairs that area of the brain, which is why you get all clumsy and stumbly whenever you drink alcohol.
1: I think also if someone were to have like an attention deficit or something or just be generally unfocused on the task at hand, that leads to being more clumsy than Mm -hmm. being less clumsy because you're just not focused on what you're doing. Right. Yes. I think we've all experienced that.
0: For sure. I know I have. (laughs) i i think i would also definitely argue that if you uh chose dexterity as a dump stat and decided to put your points in something else that, like strength like strength or like constitution or wisdom if you're a cleric that you're probably gonna be a little bit clumsier than other people so.
2: yeah i mean i think so you probably wouldn't have as high of a modifier in your roles Mm-mm, so not at all yeah. bad news dr bears yeah bad um news. Yeah, but do you want us to want to? Do you want to answer another question? I do. Sure I want like to
0: answer the last question so we can free ourselves.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've got another question for you, and this is also from our our boy, our boy Anthony Martinez, Front of the podcast, Front of the podcast. Uh, hey guys, does the average lifespan of an organism affect the speed at which it can evolve? For example. Would a fly evolve faster than a human?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. I would say that it's probably less about the lifespan and more about the time to adulthood, to, like, Mm -hmm. sexual maturation. Yeah. Because Hmm. all of the genetic, like influences that are going to contribute to the evolution process are going to be once someone is born that's that's it you know like the parent isn't passing any genetic material on after that yeah. and I think that like that's going to be a pretty big rate limiting step so like I don't think it's as on the scale of like a fly and a human as much as it is like a bacteria and like a bacterium and a human it also depends on the pressures that you're receiving so like humans aren't going to evolve at the same rate because instead of like evolving in the sense of, I guess like a biology of evolving, we develop like tools to deal with pressures and stuff. So for sure.
0: Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made for um, maybe to the degree of organisms that actually spend a long, long time before reaching sexual maturation. Um, You can make an argument that they feel the pressure of natural selection more um so like say an elephant or something or like a Galapagos turtle. I don't know when those turtles are trying to fuck, but if it's <laughs> always all the time, man, to fuck.
1: yeah. They just can't get enough. They're real thirsty turtles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Before these thirsty turtles are down to clown, if they spend a long time doing other stuff, uh they're more susceptible to the environs in which they are taking place. So you can make an argument for that, but one thing to also keep in mind mind too is that when we talk about humans um, our evolution is a little jacked up at this point because we experience a lot of uh, what's known as natural selection uh, So we, we actually alter or sorry uh, artificial selection we, we alter our environment in order to better suit ourselves to a degree that other organisms don't uh, So we do not necessarily feel those pressures of natural selection uh, and, and thusly the process is known as evolution
2: I agree with everything you guys just said because evolution is very complicated and those are all factors that go into play uh, whenever Anthony posed this question to us, the way that I thought about it was kind of if you fix all of the variables that are that we just that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. Let's say you fix those. And the only thing that you think about is the time in which it takes an organism to like it's its lifespan. You just sure. consider that. And you have the same same pressures, same, you know, let's call it, I'll call it even like same age to um Let's say the only variable, we'll say instead of lifespan, we'll say age to sexual reproduction, right? I think if you do that, then I think the answer is yes. Because if you, everything else stays the same, the organism that produces generations faster would then have the higher, just more chance overall to have those random mutations that feed evolution just because there's a larger number of meiotic crossings.
0: So I would, right? I, yeah, I would agree with that. With uh, within the bounds of the scenario that you just described, and yes, Sean, that's
2: why I wanted to like make make that disclaimer at the beginning. Sure. Uh, and yeah. Sean
0: brought up cells, and a great example we can give for cells, for instance, like um, when we do tissue culture and we grow cells in a dish in the lab, um, we grow them to what's known as confluency. So it's this idea that cells. Uh, once they grow uh, in a monolayer, so in a single layer, closer and closer and closer together, they get to a point where they're touching one another, and at that point you want to split them, so move them apart again so that they continue to grow. But if you leave cells in a dish, and uh, and this isn't all cells, but some cells, if you leave them in a dish and they grow to confluency, to where the point where they're touching each other, and you leave them like that for too long, they will become used to that state. And then when you passage them again, sometimes you can lose cells in this manner, because They Once you passage them and you spread them back out again... They're used to being hugged. Yeah, you've selected for cells that are used to this. And then by spreading them back out again, they are not going to grow as fast because they're used to touching one another. Now, conversely, Mm. they can sometimes come back from this. But because you've introduced them to this new environment where they're spread out and they're like, fuck, where are my boys at? Uh, The ones that aren't touching their boys are going to die out. But the ones that are like, okay, no, I can deal with a little bit of space... Uh, we'll continue to divide and then you'll get your cells back. So it's this idea that on a very short scale You can alter how how these cells work because of the environment that you put them in and like Sean mentioned They're growing and dividing much 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 faster than anything else So you can kind of see that type of evolution or well adaptation in real, t- in real in time in real time.
2: Yes. hmm truth Thanks for the questions, Anthony.
0: So Sean, you're the cell biologist. How did that do? That's pretty
1: good. I I did this today to my cells. So
0: you did. You passed your boys.
1: Yeah, I to my cells. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially that's essentially right. Like when you when you're splitting cells, you're applying you know a selection point to them, right? So it's just like evolution is just the summation of all of these factors that are that are selecting for certain traits over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's literally. That's the case. True, it, it's going to be faster for cells than it is for larger organisms.
2: For sure. Passing your voice seems like very good slang for going to a uh, sperm bank.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess it, it does. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. uh... reading a book to your balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that one is that one's that
2: one's also a good joke. Hey. That's a good. Sean, <laughs> Just... do you want to do one?
1: I I can't because all I'm picturing is a little tiny pair of, like, Beats headphones sitting on your <laughs> balls while you're, while you're reading. Oh, it's an audio Just, book. It's an audio book, yeah. It's a secret right, audio right. book. I mean, the balls will not have eyes, Kenan. Like, let's be serious. <laughs> well, maybe they have ears. They don't yeah, have ears maybe either. you can hear through, like, bone conduction <laughs> of your balls vibrating. I don't know. <sighs> the,
0: the Grapes of Wrath by uh, John Steinbeck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Jesus Christ! Okay, Kidding. we have
2: to end this. Sorry. We should
1: probably end. This. Wait, pace. We don't have any more questions, right?
2: No, I mean we'll do it. We'll, we we will do a mailbag in the future.
1: We will. Um, okay, but for this episode to answer
2: more done. questions. No, we're done for this episode. Thank you.
1: Cool. Should we should we talk
0: about what we're watching next time? I think we definitely should talk about the movie we're gonna watch next time. I, I think if anybody else is gonna cover it, I think it should definitely be Sean Michael O'Crossen. Sean Michael O'Crosson, can you please tell us what our next movie is?
1: The next movie that we are going to cover on this, the real science podcast Mm -hmm. is moon starring Sam Rockwell, because we are now only going to do movies with Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. This (laughs) is the Rockwell cast. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. But so this was uh, actually a suggestion from our patron, uh, Jack Crossan. So thank you for that suggestion. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can find us on Patreon and if you donate at our $5 a month tier, $2 two dollar a month tier, you can send us three movie suggestions and we will pick one of those suggestions and do an episode on it. So that's what we're doing for friend of the show, Jack Crossan, who yeah. is also my dad. <laughs> who is also <laughs> my dad. My
0: dad. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, thank, thanks to uh, Otis McDonald for the use of his song. Mm-hmm. The Right blimp is the intro and outro to
0: our show absolutely and i just want to say thank you very much for sam to sam rockwell for being in uh, a lot of movies that we can definitely watch because i feel like maybe the next movie we could watch after this is probably g-force the movie about the um about the hamsters that are uh secret agents sam Rockwell's or we could just watch now. iron man too no i i don't know that's no oh wow. hey kenny that's not funny hey kenny <laughs> yeah
1: I'm gonna watch G Force.
0: <laughs> Did you guys know that there's a Napoleon Dynamite TV series and Sam Rockwell was in it?
1: We have to stop Kennedy. You can't go <laughs> okay. down this this <laughs> Rockwell. Like
0: Fine. Um That was good. Wait, hold on. That was good, Sean. Yeah,
1: thanks. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> thanks. Don't worry, we'll there'll be more Sam Rockwell to come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can go back to this Rockwell over and over again.
1: It'll never
0: run dry. <laughs> all right. I think I think Pace is dying, so we definitely have to end this. Uh, thank you, everybody. Could have a good night. My name's Ken Smith.
1: My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. So long, and in, thanks for all the fish.
0: <laughs> Babies taste best. <laughs> oh, man. Babies taste best.
2: Are we making content? Are we back in the? Are we back in the live?
0: Yeah. Here, let's pull us back in the live. Why didn't space you clap earlier? So I guess the only thing that I can think of to say about that is that like.
1: Wait, are we um, back into it, Kenan? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I could not couldn't resist. I hate you. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right.